Greetings, and welcome to the first episode of Legacy Drawing Board Podcast. This is the podcast that asks and explores the question of whether we are designing the legacy we are leaving. And make no mistake about it, we all leave legacies. The difference being that some will leave ones that they want to, and others will leave ones that fill them with regret and remorse. I'm Ron Fong, and my interest in legacy design stems from my experience as a father, a former family medicine residency faculty member, and an MBA student. These perspectives may resonate with you if you're between, if you're between your mid-20s and your mid-40s. Uh, you may be beginning your career or have established one. You probably have achieved and accomplished much. That first job, that big promotion, maybe you even got that dream corner office or even that really nice parking spot. However, there may be different questions now popping up in your head as you wake up each day. Questions such as, what's the next step for me? Or how did I get, how did I get to where I am? You may be searching for greater meaning to your days at work and at home. And if this describes you, I think you're giving more thought to your legacy. Well, what is a legacy? We derive legacy from the Latin word legatos, which means to send uh, an envoy or an ambassador. Essentially, a legacy is a body of work under your direction to send a very well-defined message. So now we have a definition and now a function. And I think now we should look at a perspective. We tend to think of legacies during the seasons of winter, retirement parties, lifetime achievement awards, funerals. But I think to maximize the value of our legacies, we need to reframe it and see that our legacies draw life upon our every thought, word, and deed on a daily basis. And that's how it takes form, how it grows, how it develops. The question at hand is, are you aware of the current state of your legacy? And I think most people aren't cognizant of the process they employ to build their legacies. And this takes me back to my time as a faculty member at a family medicine residency. And I think the entire application process of, be, of uh, becoming a physician is a microcosm of how when you don't, when you're not familiar with design or not giving opportunities to design, you become very uncomfortable when you are given that opportunity. Each January, I would ask uh, the senior residents what their plans were for gra after graduation in June. And think about it. So these were hardworking, highly educated, and accomplished individuals who were six months away from fulfilling the dream, their dreams of becoming a physician. And every year, one or two residents would inform me that they really didn't have anything planned or they were thinking about taking a gap year. At first, I was absolutely stunned. And this may be more of an indictment of my baby boomer sensibilities than it is of anything else. And again, the one or two residents were the exception, not the rule. But I thought about the process, the situation, and I went through the same process myself when I applied for medical school and residency. And you're going to get some parallels, uh, strong parallels between um, medical school and residency. So for medical school, you complete your undergraduate degree, you take the MCAT, and then you apply to medical school. And should you be fortunate enough to get in a medical school, after taking your licensing exams, then you will sit for your family medicine boards. And for both applications, there's a significant overlap with regards to documentation uploading. There's uploading transcripts, test scores, ledger recommendations, 
So it's a great deal of drop down boxes or fill in the blanks. But there's this one area of both applications which is entirely different and it's literally a blank canvas. And that's the personal statement. And I've read thousands of personal statements. And this is how I view the personal statement. I thought the personal statement was a passport that the applicant issued to me to allow me to view the unique and singular stories that built their lives. Unfortunately, most or the vast majority of personal statements presented a pretty familiar refrain of being inspired by a kindly physician who healed or confronted a dear family member. And let me just stop here and say that I don't want to minimize or marginalize the sincerity of that, but I just thought that, you know, you have so many different stories from these applicants, uh, their backgrounds, uh, their experiences, and so forth. I would think there would be just more separation, more design in terms of a personal statement. And after reading many of them, I really did get a sense that there was design in their pursuit of medicine, at least not how it was executed in their personal statement. Now, to be sure, there was a great deal of planning and work uh, and really hard work that led up to where they were, but not design. And I think that this repeat of lack of design we see when we have those one or two residents who upon or being on the cusp of graduation now are confronted with that second blank canvas and the world's their oyster. And they this is what they dreamed about, at least that's what they said in terms of their personal statement. And yet they're gonna, you know, six months away, they're gonna hit the pause button because I think there was a lack of design. Not a lack of the desire, but a lack of design. And my youngest son, who's a music composition major, and he wrote the uh, opening music to the podcast, he commented that he thought only musicians graduate with no clear concept of what they want to do in their lives. So how did my, how did my interest in legacy and design intersect? It came about mostly from my MBA experience. Um, I entered the UC Davis MBA program in 2014. I was uh, 51 at the time, working full time. And my eldest and my middle sons were, were undergrads. In fact, they were also attending UC Davis. And I realized that this was a pivotal moment or period in their lives, that they were starting to experience adulthood and they were gonna take their college experience was gonna shape a great deal of their adulthood. But I wanna remain relevant in their lives during this, their, a tremendous period of growth for them. And, and I de definitely did not want to live vicariously uh, through them or rehash my time as an undergrad some three decades earlier. The MBA experience was fantastic in, in terms of it gave me an opportunity to remain relevant to them. And it was an opportunity to demonstrate the value of lifelong pursuit of new experiences and to keep challenging yourself with uh, disciplines that, weren't, that aren't familiar. A classmate of mine had this great quote in the class in the MBA program. She said, comfort is a great place to visit, but nothing ever grows there. And again, we were all at UC Davis at the same time, so we we're on the same academic calendar. And I remember the times when all three of us were at the kitchen table doing our homework or studying for finals. And we were going through a parallel process. And that was, to me as a father, was a, was a great experience. And I'm even more grateful that they were available to help me in my statistics. And this treasured experience culminated when I attended my middle son's graduation on a Friday. 
And then he attended mine, or along with the rest of the family, attended my graduation the following day. So that, that, was a, that was a very neat experience. And what the MBA experience did was that it opened my eyes and mind to tremendous value design. And as I said before, with you know going through the medical school process, I really didn't think much about design. But now, as my children were, were in adulthood, I really started thinking more about my legacy and how to make it meaningful. And I realized that I need to incorporate design into it. And I had wonderful and very generous classmates. Uh, they were engineers, graphic artists, architects, and entrepreneurs. And they shared their wealth and experiences. And working with them for three years really helped me see how design was vital to anything of lasting purpose and of meaning. Now, two years later, after, or two years since my, after my graduation, my youngest son enters college, the uh, music major. And I had zero aptitude or talent for music, but I realized that this was going to be my son's future and how important it was to him. So again, as with my two other sons, I wanted to remain relevant in his life. And this is, you know, think about your legacy. So I started thinking, how can I design our conversations so that it would be relevant and would have meaning? So on the way home for class, I would use my MBA experience to start, start discussing the, the, uh, the business of music in terms of uh, artists' control of you know, content distribution. And it was during this time that Taylor Swift uh, wrote her famous letter to uh, Apple Music in which she described her, her feelings, sensibilities about you know, artists' control of content and distribution. And Taylor Swift is a name that I know but as an artist, I couldn't name one of her songs. But I, I knew how important she was, or I knew how influential she was in terms of the business side of music. And I again, here's where the design came in. I started preparing for our discussions by reading more about current artists to develop uh, some questions regarding the state of music, uh, about artists' rights, their revenue streams, uh, distribution channels, and so forth. And what this is, it sparked an interest in my son to start thinking about the business aspect of music. And from this, we were able, I thought this built a bridge for us to engage, engage in meaningful conversations on the ride home. And after my MBA experience, I realized that I caught the design bug. Uh, every time I found out someone was maybe a graphic designer, a web designer, whatnot, artist, I would pepper them with questions of, what they thought about this or how they got involved. And it just kept feeding itself. So I explored more of the design world and came across uh, the name Dieter Rams. Now you may not know him, but if you ever uh, looked at or purchased a Braun product, uh, you have been touched by this very influential German industrial designer. He articulated 10 principles of good design. And I'm gonna re be referring to those uh, to those, that list in future episodes and see how we can expound on incorporating these principles into designing our legacies. So what's next? Well, going forward, I, I hope that you're starting to think of yourselves as engineers, architects, craftsmen, and artisans with respect to building your legacy. I hope you're starting to think about your legacy in different ways and see that Everything that you're doing right now is leading up to the legacy. And are, is there a sense of intentionality of your words, your deeds, and your thoughts? 
And as you go along this journey, as just as I'm going along this journey, I, I invite you to share your, your thoughts, your comments, suggestions, critiques to, uh, with me at rfong at truenorthshepherding.com. And what I had envisioned hope for this podcast is that it would become a guild uh, for, for everyone who's designing and building their legacies. I'm aiming to upload uh, episodes every two weeks. Hopefully I'll be able to maintain that schedule. So until next time, uh, please take care and give your legacy the attention it deserves because we will all benefit from that effort. Thank you.